Welcome to episode seven, seven of our uh, TM podcast. Today we will talk about the process controller, planning controller. That's a special request from our friends in Bonn. So it's dedicated to one of our favorite customers. Yeah, maybe let's start with um, a short who's who. So our special guest today is Markus, well known from SCM, but still maybe you can add some more words. Who's the man between the 1,500 SDN contributor points? <laughs> Hello, my name is Markus. Uh, I'm the responsible project architect for the transportation network. Uh, and somehow in the history, uh, I also got responsible for the process controller, I guess, seven years back. I took over that topic and kind of brought it into TM. So I'm probably the right guy to ask if there is any issue or enhancement requirement. And also the right guy to ask to understand it first. Huh? Oh, then you okay. don't have issues anymore, I hope. <laughs> yeah, and then on the other side of the table, not physically, but logically, today is Thomas, Thomas Quintus. Thomas Quintus, Scrum Master in Freight Order Management. And myself, Bernd Dietrich, uh, yeah, also mm. in Freight Order Management. And, and also a lot of contributor oh, points. Only, uh, I think now I have like 300. So. No, I guess already <laughs> 400. Oh, okay. Working on that. So with this episode, it's maybe 410 then. Okay. Topic for today, um, the process slash planning slash something controller. Um, yeah. What is it all about? Why do we have that? Why did you... I know it was you that... No, no, it was somebody else. But why <laughs> did we... Uh, invented some years back and what does it do yeah so from my side uh, the a little a few words about the history of the process controller so when i took it over seven years back when we started the transportation management development that framework kind of uh, was used in the dynamic routing guide of the apo and the static uh, routing guide engine used mainly for the extended warehouse management and how i understood it uh, back those days was the framework is more powerful than using just the body so in principle it's another enhancement capability for the standard so a body yeah called in a very dedicated spot in the coding gives you some input some manipulation uh, capabilities but the process controller itself was more meant to uh, take a broader approach so to define standard functions and modules that you then can freely define with each other and also add your customer-specific modules to work together with um, the standard function modules. So basically, you can it is used to define a sequence of steps that should be um, processed. Maybe right. So in the back uh, to take the example of the yeah. static routing guide engine that uh, was mainly combined by the steps find a valid static routing through the network then do a cost determination and then do a scheduling and then do, for example, something like a carrier selection. So very similar to what we do now in transportation management, but more from a static approach. And there were, was the requirement from a customer, well, I'm not interested at all in the costs of that. So I define my static routes. I want to pick them correctly. When I have a request, I want to do a scheduling and then I select my carrier, but I'm not interested in that standard module. 
So, and we had different combinations of customer requirements there. So it, the process controller proved to be flexible and powerful enough to fulfill those requirements. And also for the transportation management, when we then started the development, uh, I think the planning itself was the first user of that framework. And there we had very, very similar requirements to do that. Maybe one simple example would be our optimizer call, right? So what the steps uh, in, in, in that optimizer call, in that strategy, so to call, what would be? It's a start with pre-processing. That's right, right where we collect the network objects, fitting for that optimization run. Then we have the optimization method itself. Then we have the post-processing. And if we are talking about one-step optimization, we also do the carrier selection after mm -hmm. that. I think that and that's one of the uh, use cases. So if you do like one step, then you would have that carrier selection step after the right. optimizer. Otherwise, you wouldn't. The same, I think, is true for dangerous goods checks. So, and, and that allows you to just use the pieces that you want and reduce the runtime as much as possible, but or extend the functionality. Right. So, so mm. to give an example for the enhancement capabilities here, if you are doing an optimization run, you want to use the standard optimization pre-processing, for example, for picking up the schedules and the transportation lanes, you can add in the process controller something like a customer pre-processing for fitting for that scenario and kind of manipulate what's already in the request or add some more information. So I uh, know some customers doing that. So that gives you the power to kind of in standard, yeah, go in between some standard modules mm. and, and change or add something. In a defined sequence also, yep. right? I yep. think it's also important. So maybe just to, to give, get a high-level picture, maybe let's travel through some spaces where that is used. We already mentioned the planning, but I think also the carrier selection, which is then another step in the planning, in itself, again, mm. uses the process controller again with pre-processing, yeah. then the actual carrier selection, and the post-processing uh, where, where the data is then post back. I think one example here is one of our um, customers uh, was using the carrier selection with the standard pre-processing, then make a condition-based plug to last, no, what was it, TMP2, huh? conditions, a condition-based carrier selection, and then again the standard post-processing, just replacing the optimizer call, because in that case it was no optimization, but it was purely rules-based. What well, as geography, you also already mentioned that in the optimizer pre-processing, we call the so-called lane distance and duration determination. For sure, another topic in its own, and we will have another uh, episode on that one, but that again uses uh, um, uh, process controller in itself. Yeah, right. right. So, so going back in history, when you checked the uh, users of the process controller framework, that really grew dr quite dramatically. So in TM60, I guess we only had the planning controller and then from release to release that really picked up speed. And now if you check the customizing um, activities where you define um, the users and check the already available services, so we are coming to, to, to the maintenance, but if you check the already available services where the process controller framework is used, uh, you find quite a lot, which also makes kind of the current uh, maintenance transactions uh, a little bit uh, not so handy, I guess. Yeah, maybe true. <laughs> Surely true. 
So uh, we already had some examples. Another example would be the uh, change controller. So I yeah, think right. that will be an episode in itself again. But basically, you also the the change controller looks at the changes that's happened that happened, and then it picks a strategy to react to that. Right. And then that strategy already learned has some steps. How they defined? We come to that later, which are then the reaction to the change. So right, and and know. and actually, I guess uh, one of the most important things for the uh, usage of the process controller is always where to define which strategy to use. Hmm. So, for example, for the GIS integration framework, we have customizing where you can define under which circumstances <laughs> you use which strategy. Uh, yeah. Then for the planning, we have the planning profiles where you can define the strategies. So this is all, always important to understand how can I make use of that flexible framework, but where to set the strategy I want to use. That's yeah true, and I think we have some places uh, where we have a def where we use a process right. control where we use a strategy, but a default one where you yeah. cannot exchange a strategy. There, you would only uh, be able to extend right, the right. strategy. It's more yeah. or less prepared for full yeah, right. flexibility, but we didn't have the urgency to do that, right? So yeah, that's, right. The, that's right. That's right. I guess okay. another user yeah. is the dangerous goods check, and there, mm. there, there are plenty more. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So to wrap up, so the process controller, planning controller, process controller. Meanwhile, right? Again, <laughs> after being a planning controller in the middle, it's a process controller again. It's a way to define the steps and the sequence of steps that should be processed uh, for certain tasks, like for the optimization, for finding the right distance and duration, etc. So that is what high level that strategy is right. about, the sequence of steps. Right. It makes the standard function modules or functions uh, more visible because you can always check the strategy can check the sequence of the methods, how we execute them, and then decide that's okay for you or you want to add something. And typically you actively assign that strategy, for example, to a document type, to a certain... So it's only processed, let's say, in a in a defined environment, so for a certain document type, etc. Versus in a body, you would always to, you would yep. to make yourself make, need to make sure... That it's that you exclude the unwanted case and that you do not do a carrier selection right. on freight units, uh, right. etc. I think yeah, that it's... this is really the power of the process controller framework. In the body, uh, you actually don't, from the outside, know where it is called, in which sequence <laughs> yeah, yeah. of the standard logic. But using the process controller framework, you always see, well, okay, I already had the scheduling and now I want to jump in and want to add some information. So it overall makes what we do in development more transparent. Okay. I think that is enough yeah. for the for the overview. What the process controller is uh, mm -hmm. all about. What's next, Thomas? I forgot agenda. So customizing. Okay, so the <laughs> thank you. So the next thing, next step um, would be to define such a strategy, right? So what? Yeah, what you already mentioned is service, right? What is that? Right. So if you're checking the activities available for the process controller, I think they are under the SCM basis, um, IMG path, and there the first thing you need to decide if you want to check 
what we do and deliver as a standard strategy or you want to add uh, your own, uh, you need to define in which area you want to check or add something. So uh, as we have described, we have many users of the process controller framework. So how to distinguish between the use cases is always the service itself. And if you check that customizing activity, you see, well, geocoding, distance determination, planning, change controller, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So this is really just, a, I think, identifier of a service mm -hmm. and a description. So there's nothing more in that activity It's available. It's the kind of the area where that yep. uh, strategy should be used, mainly for F4 helps, etc. that yep. you then only yep. see these services. Yep. Okay. I think in the beginning, we did not really have something like that. Mm. service uh, that visible but with the growing number of callers we uh, added that to kind of have that split separator that we then added for all of the uh, other definitions okay good. so now you first of all you need to say this is my service and then all of the strategy and method definitions kind of go under that umbrella of a service but service is something we deliver and nothing a customer would add typically right right i mean the effort for really adding a completely new usage of the process controller is i would say not little But I mean, the use case is we yeah. have standard places where yeah. we use the strategies and you would use them. Right. Already a lot of flexibility. Yeah. I think technically it would also be possible to create your own service, but you wouldn't do that typically, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. If, if you contact us <laughs> before we can you will. discuss it then. Yeah. So we have defined services, which is basically the area where that strategy can be used and is called. And more or less, it also defines the input and the output. Right. In, in a way, implicitly, not explicitly, but yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then under, okay. un, under that service, uh, you have the definition of a strategy. And if you check that, that's also just picking the service that strategy is valid for and give it a description. Usually we deliver our standard strategies for that service, one or multiple That depends on the usage of the process controller in that area. Uh, and here would be the first starting point if you want to add a completely new strategy. So, for example, in the area of the GIS integration framework for distance determination, if you have an external vendor providing data like Nokia, mm. you would add your own distance determination strategy for Nokia. Okay, good. So, first step create your own, or if you create your own, maybe the step zero is you look at an existing strategy yeah. and understand it. And then you would say, okay, now I want to look into geography, space, and maybe distance duration. Mm -hmm. Specifically, that is one service. And I can search for the strategies mm -hmm. for that service. And that strategies uh, more or less are just a name. And right. Description. Okay. But it's the anchor for defining in that area mm. which strategy to use. So it's really mm. the identifier where you, like you described in the business document type, mm. tell that business document which yeah. strategy to use. So this is really very important here. But so far, it's just a name. Yeah. Uh, and because we haven't uh, done anything more, right? So we That's have true. strategy. Okay. So next to that strategy, you have the definition of the methods for that service. 
which would, yeah, from a more abstract point of view, really define the modules you want, uh, we deliver in standard or you want to add to that service. Okay. So it's the method definition. This is uh, a little bit more technical because you have to give that method a name. And then uh, in the technical area of that definition, you need to define a class and the method if you want to enhance your own. If, but you can always mm. check what we deliver there. There you have very good examples. You can check the class name and the, um, the method that we call then dynamically. Mm. And there you can also check the coding, how, how we work with that. Okay, so the method has a name. We all, I think we skipped, so it's also assigned to a service, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. would use yeah, right. it for a certain area. Area right, right. is the service. Okay, has a name, yeah. has a service, which makes it then available for, for the strategies of that same service. And then, the let's say, the technique, the link to the actual coding, and there is some coding, there's no magic, only coding behind. <laughs> uh, little magic. Um, is uh, the class and the method name. Right. That is then called. And basically what happens is if, if this method, this process controller method is processed, it calls a ABAP method, which is then defined in that step, right? right. Okay, do we, do we already that. want to go into the technical detail nope. here? We no. come to that later, right? We're still in customizing just to, to, yeah. to map it, but we come to that. But it's a teaser now for later. So yeah. now we have the service as the umbrella. We have strategies defined, basically just the name. We have the methods defined and the... Wait, there's one more thing. In the method, you can define some parameters also, oh, right? No, no. We, ah. want, we, we really want to skip that. No. Part. We no. want to be complete. Please. No, we want to skip that. <laughs> oh, then I have to... <laughs> no, we want to no, stay to easy. And I mean, now the, the fourth step would be to... Define the method sequence for strategy. We come to that later with the method. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for uh, a simple case, so we have the methods now. We have the service, the methods without method parameters so far. Um, and uh, okay, now we have to bring them into a sequence or into a method, right? That would be the next step. Right. So uh, like we described in the beginning, in the overview part, in planning, you have the pre-processing. What would be a method? And you say, for my planning strategy, the pre-processing is step one. Or 10. Or 10, to be more flexible <laughs> for the future. 10. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, optimization is then 20, and the post-processing is then maybe 30. So yeah. that, that, that's, that's a typical that, strategy, right? Right. So. And in that uh, activity for defining the method sequence, you can of course, only assign methods with the same service to the strategy. So that needs to match. Exactly. So summary already. So we have the strategy, which then is a collection of the methods. The methods are more or less a mapper to a ABAP method, mm -hmm. plus something we will discuss later. <laughs> uh, and then we assign that method steps uh, to the strategy. And that's already our complete strategy. Then, what, what then happens later is that that methods are called in mm -hmm. in a sequence. Yep. Are we ready now to go for the method parameters? Of course, of okay. course, of course. Let's go. There. I mean, let, let's imagine in a method, um, yeah, you are pretty much defining. I have an example also for that. Do you have one? Okay. <laughs> you, you, you're defining. 
yeah, standard coding to process. And then you have a certain spot where you would implement from a technical point of view a if. And you need to make a decision. Do you want to process the coding on the right path or on the left path? And to not force the delivery of two different methods, basically, yeah, just different in five lines of coding, you can define a method parameter, which you then can in the in the activity for that method define for your strategy and tell the coding go right or left. And now, mm -hmm. Bernd, you can jump in with your example. Yeah, my example uh, would be that uh, condition-based carrier selection, where the name of the condition that is then called in the carrier selection is basically then defined and customized. So if you later mm -hmm. have another condition that you want to use, yep. then you would just replace, and we come to that where it's actually used, that in that strategy. But first thing is, uh, so in, in for a method, generically, before you assign it to a strategy, you can define the available yep. parameters, right? Yep. Okay, and then it's a bit, that is now really tacky. Uh, I think you have like three or three yeah, different yeah. columns, or depending on what kind of uh, parameter it is, right? Yeah, right. You can tell the the method you have an input parameter which is boolean. You can define if it's uh, integer. I think maybe we should have been a little bit more flexible on that, but mm -hmm. yeah. it works exactly. And then you would enter in that customizing. You would uh, just And what would you enter in that field? Well, actually, in the first activity, you would tell the method you can receive an input parameter. Let's stick to the example uh, of a condition name. So that would be, I, I guess, a character input mm -hmm. yeah, parameter. Yeah. And then you have another uh, activity in the customizing where you tell a strategy. You use that method with that specific value for the input parameter. So the so, first mm -hmm. thing in the definition is really to make it available. The method understands such an input parameter. And because you want to reuse that method in certain or different strategies and do not want to define uh, different methods for that because it, it can be handled with the input parameter, you then in the strategy activity can tell use method whatever mm. with the input parameter of that value. Okay, so that makes it, as you said, more flexible. So I can code once and then things like condition ID or yeah. the IGS connection or IGS, yeah. ooh, very, <laughs> was it good old days? Maybe more bad old days. So a, a connection, RC connection could be maintained or something yep. like that. Okay, good. So I think that is, Already now the complete definition yeah. of a strategy. Yep. Anything special about transporting or yeah yeah but okay that, first of all technically that's uh, what we call an e table. Mm -hmm. So we deliver something in our namespace and you can deliver something right. in in your right. namespace. Right. Okay. So from a activity maintenance point of view, I, I think there are seven activities. Today, six or seven, I, I'm not completely sure, but we're thinking about since it grew so much that we might come up with something like a view cluster where you have it uh, split into uh, by service that it becomes more clear. But I, I mean, from, from a top level point of view, you don't do that very often. So we do it 
maybe a little bit more often, okay. but uh, it shouldn't be too complicated today. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. would be nicer to have a, a longer names and not only character ten, but yeah, that that uh, allows you to focus on good names. Yeah, <laughs> short good names. Right, <laughs> but that's uh, all about the definition, I guess. Okay, so I think that is. The complete definition, it's a yeah, e-table. So we have our namespace, customer namespace. So you can create your own strategies, own methods, combine them. And yeah, what's next? Uh, I think uh, we can talk about the actual processing or how how does it technically mm -hmm. work then? So maybe make a short, let's take a lane distance duration example again. So what happens in there? So let's just technically to get a feeling uh, mm -hmm. on that one. So I maintained the strategy. I assigned it somewhere. And now what, what happens yep. in, in the coding? Yeah, so the standard coding outside of the process controller framework, so what we delivered in standard decides now this is a function that should be executed with the process controller framework. It takes all of the required requests data, so the input data for that function, wraps it together, packs it into, a, let's say, data container, what we call a request object, and then passes this to the process controller framework, which then executes and also defines, uh, picks up the strategy that is defined for that uh, process step now. Yeah. So service and then Maybe from the business document type, it takes mm -hmm. the strategy, wraps the input data, and passes that to the process controller framework. The process controller framework checks the customizing. So which methods are now assigned to the selected strategy, and then it executes these methods in the given sequence. And if you check within those process controller methods, Basically, you receive a set of the request object, so the data container, which is uh, passed in a generic format. The standard coding always loops over these requests and casts them in the service-specific request object. So to give an example, okay, yeah, uh, of course, the uh, input data for a distance determination or for geocoding is completely different from the uh, input and result data of mm. a carrier selection or a planning or a change controller. So don't get confused that all of the methods have the same signature. Because signature a big word for that, yeah. <laughs> because they yeah. all mm. receive the same generic request objects and always in the standard methods, if you check them, the first thing you find in the loop is a cast into the mm. service-specific request yeah, object. So I think if you really follow that path that we described before, so we have that method defined in the process controller. If you now go into the coding that is behind, so you would go into the class mentioned in the process controller method and the method. And then, as Marcus mentioned, the interface, it's really uh, maybe in the first approach, it looks uh, scary small because seeing it's so small, you cannot uh, do anything with it, but it's, we just pretend to be small. It's lean, uh, actually. And what happens is, uh, as Marcus mentioned, this request object object is, is is passed, and that is, yeah, basically it's an instance of a class for for those of you technically uh, interested, which has a lot of member tables, and that is where really the data is, right? So, for example, 
in die ja, Change Controller, we would, would pass uh, the MT key, which is then the keys of which of the changed object, and in most cases already the root data, which already has been read, stops, items, and that is now for change control. For ge geography, would be most likely something like uh, source and destination, location, right, right, right. That, that kind of stuff. And that is, is then typically our child objects, yeah, child classes to the process controller, generic process controller class, mm -hmm. and then it's casted. So what is casting in, in that sense? So yeah, casting is from the object orientation, uh, you have a super class, which in this use case would be the process controller request, which basically just defines I am a data container and I contain data. And then in the child classes, you say I am the child of that process controller request data container for the carrier selection and I contain the data of type XYZ. Even more data than my parent does, right? So yeah, proud, right. Proud kids. And then in the coding, in the object orientation, you can receive that generic process controller request object and say, I am now interested in an instance for the carrier selection. And there is a specific ABAP statement to do that. And then the coding will tell you, well, okay, that generic request object is really a request object for the carrier selection, with what always should be the case. I mean, uh, if you are uh, in, the, in, in the past, it was kind of possible to assign a wrong method to a strategy not fitting with uh, the mm. service. And um, to give an example, I mean, if you call in the carrier selection a method for the distance determination, you uh, receive completely wrong input there and the cast would fail but in general we take care of that so if yeah. there's any issue uh, with that then kind of the calling of the process controller and the mapping of the data was not correct by the way if you would open a message on that do we have a component for that also? yeah sure sure oh, yeah, yeah. smb component yeah remember P the? prc i guess okay <laughs> basic functions prc But if you check for the component with the name process controller, uh, mm. not too many should show up. <laughs> okay. Okay. So just to wrap up, so we the the processing means the um, our coding the caller uh, hands over the strategy and all the input it typically has for that uh, yeah what we call service mm. right scenario service. Yeah. Then that input is. Pass to the process controller. The process controller more or less dumply loops at all the yeah. methods in the defined sequence and passes over again that request object. And within the method, since you have a generic interface, you have to uh, bring the context-specific uh, instance of that data container to live by casting. But I think you will see it in every single yeah. process controller method, so that should be an easy copy-paste. Of course, if you copy-paste, you have to make sure you copy-paste from the methods from your same um, service. service. Right. So right. Because the message objects, uh, the, the yeah. data objects are, of course, service-dependent. So, yeah. okay. And then... And, and as soon as the mm. cast was successful into that service-specific request object, you can basically do whatever you want. As an example, if you say I have a list of locations, for example, which is originally passed, and I, in my specific extension, I want to include all, say, 
plants from that generic list, then I would identify the plants mm -hmm. in my coding and delete them mm -hmm. from the request ob yeah. object and then from the member table in the request object yeah. and then they wouldn't be processed in the following steps. Yeah, and now it really becomes critical. Since okay. you can Listen do carefully. since you can do everything as soon as the cast was successful, uh, you can, for example, if you implement a yeah, buggy post-processing in the planning and you throw away some valid results, they're simply gone. So it's like uh, with any bug in uh, software, you need to know what to do. Yeah, so by listening to that episode, you confirm that you will never destroy any valid data in a process controller. Yeah. Okay, end of statement. Great. <laughs> Good. Okay, I think maybe that's enough for how the process controller yeah. methods are called. Are yeah. We, uh, maybe parameters. <laughs> uh, so if you want to read the parameters uh, that we discussed before, yeah. I think there's some special um, coding required that you, from your method, get that parameter value right right the, right the the signature of that process controller method mm -hmm. contains a table of the request objects like we mm -hmm. discussed uh, in the last few minutes and it also contains i think a, a object of the method parameters mm -hmm. and there are i think standard methods to extract that mm -hmm. and you will for sure find some examples uh, where that is extracted from that mm -hmm. that object okay Yeah, maybe uh, just that you have a table of request object. It's more of a concept. Typically, you would have one request yeah, object right, containing right. all the data, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, right, in, right. in principle, you could also have yep. several request objects, but let's like the optimizer call for 100 trade orders or even 100,000 trade orders, yep. if you dare, um, would be one request object with a member table of what, with 100,000 entries. That's right? right. I mean, the process controller in the beginning was planned to combine different mm. strategies at once to save runtime and kind of do things all together. But I guess 95% of the users are simply just passing one request object. I would say 97. Yeah, maybe. Thomas? <laughs> 100. <laughs> in TM. In the SCM basis, we exactly. are way more intelligent. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, maybe one more thing to add. Huh? Uh, the flexibility that you have when you want to integrate your own logic, like we described uh, with the planning, so you have a pre-processing, the opti standard optimization, and the post-processing. If you have a sequence of those standard methods... It's really important to understand that you can only work with information on the request data if it's already kind of determined by the standard module. So, for example, if you want to kind of add 10% to all of the distances determined by the standard, then, of course, you need to put in your method at the spot where the request object is already filled with that information. It's the result. So yeah, right. typically between the between the main processing and then the posting to the backend, right? Yeah, right that would right. be the right place. Like yeah, kind of a standard hmm. pattern, so yeah. pre-optimization or hmm. standard main function step. and then hmm. post. But there are other things like uh, discussed in the beginning with the static routing guide where the functions are really completely different. So find the way do a scheduling, do a cost mm. determination, mm. do an evaluation. So uh, there are other users where it's more important to understand what the function, the standard yeah. function really does. 
Exactly. Like if you want to do sorting, I think uh, in, where was that? I think in VSO and direct shipment yeah. options, yeah. we also use it. Yeah. Uh, when you say I want to do my sorting and I want to consider the cost, then of course the cost must be already there. So you must right. look into what happens. Right. So whenever you wonder in your own method that uh, after a successful cast, some of the member table is not filled, then the reason for that might be that uh, you put in your method in the wrong mm. sequence. Mm. And then also you have to look into the and understand the scenario-specific um, content, right? Like in the optimization context, you have like a request object which contains the input object then in itself and the result object. So it's a kind of deeper yep. hierarchy because you have tons of, of data mm -hmm. to be considered uh, in there. And also the result is yep. bigger. So uh, you have to check where is my result and then. Yep. Okay, I think maybe that's enough for processing what what more do we have do we have more or are we through okay <laughs> i think we should give some examples of how we can more examples how we can combine standard modules or mix up with customer specific modules maybe mm -hmm. okay yeah to, to give uh, the example for the distance determination like already explained if you pick nokia to get the distances, so the real street distances between your locations for the planning uh, from there, from the external service. Uh, one of the major use cases is to still use the standard distance and duration determination buffering that we provide in our solution. So what you would basically do is you define a strategy where you say, well, my first step would always be to check the buffer if the result was already determined. The second thing would be if it's not, then I call my selected vendor, in that case Nokia, and then add as a third and then again standard module the buffer filling where you say, well, I, now I have determined all of my distances, standard, take that uh, result data and put it into your buffer. I don't want to care about that. And since you need to stick to the, first of all, defined input data and then defined result data, the standard module for the buffering can do that. Okay. But in principle, you could also say I stick with the standard module for the duration or distance uh, determination, but I replace a buffer with something domain specific yep. for me. Yep. So then yep. basically you really look into the methods, the steps, what they're doing, and you either replace them really as we described, mm -hmm. or you like, if you want in the optimizer post-processing, if you want to add just an additional step, yep. say you have your own compliance check somehow, and then you want to uh, already check the result um, mm -hmm. against compliance, right. um, then you could do that in the optimizer post-processing just as an yep. additional step. So keeping all the standard methods and then bring right. in your own steps in the middle between two. That's why we always have 10, 20 yep. patterns that there's some space for your own methods. But it's also not 100 and 200, so not too many steps in the middle. Huh? That's a <laughs> meaningful number. And, um, and then you just enrich an existing or your own Right. Uh, strategy. Right. Another example would be to process the complete standard logic for a selected service and then as a last customer specific, uh, specific 
method to write all of the messages into an external log file or something like that. So uh, I already had some use cases where the standard application log of our TM solution was not sufficient because they wanted to have that as a text file on the external server. Then you simply take all of the messages that are then contained in the request object, extract those messages and write it to a file. So that would be a mm. typical use case. Okay. Yeah, one more scenario, or one more use case, uh, maybe important for your team specifically, is the interactive planning is also process controller based. So if you mm. want to react to mm -hmm. drag and drop, and then you want to have maybe your own function code. Oh, is uh, it? It is, yeah. Uh, then you uh, can also use the uh, process controller and then adapt data or replace the standard logic or handle your own <laughs> function codes. Mm -hmm. uh, so interactive planning would be also one use case. So if you do drag and drop in the cockpit or even assign a resource, then the process controller is also called. So if mm -hmm. you set a breakpoint there, you will see some quite some code. And as we mentioned, it can be stacked also, right? So the planning is the process controller, yeah. which calls then the lane or distance duration determination and pre-processing, which is process controller, which Or it calls the carrier selection, the post-processing, which then again calls the distance duration determination. So then it's right. already three right. layers of process controller. Yeah. Okay, I think now we have a definition, we have examples, we have uh, how to use it. We are through, right? Okay. Yeah, maybe some closing words. Yeah, I please. think from a technical point of view, um, if you really want to use the process controller framework to kind of steer the standard functionality. In the beginning, it might look a little bit complicated, but as soon as you have understood how the casting is done, how you can work with the request objects, it's really powerful. And since we use it in so many different processes today, it's really worth to understand that. And I think it's already... Uh, very well documented in the TM enhancement guide uh, how you can with code examples and mm. stuff like that so you can also check that document you should of okay course. good closing words so we can close yeah goodbye and enjoy the process controller have fun